gathering to discuss films, disturbed films, demented films. These people know not what they do. They do not think before they speak, for they are bastards. Daily grindhouse bastards, giving the opinions no one asked for, yet demand to know. This is The Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. So nine, terror tunes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo, and with me, as always, is Mr. Doug Tilly. He's got style and a sexy voice, and guts that just won't stop. When Groskets want no, he tells them no with a painful kung fu chop. He's Doug Tilly, number one super guy. Yeah, that's me, Sweetback from DailyGrindhouse.com. And yeah, we have a doozy of a flick here today, Mo. It kills you to watch it, didn't it? It really fucking murdered it, it, you. It, I don't know. You watched this three times. I mean, I, I'm in, I'm like completely impressed. I'm not going to lie to you, Mo. As of the second time I watched it, I didn't, I hated it. I mean, I didn't like it. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, and I had even written up a review for a blog a few years ago about this movie, and it wasn't entirely negative. If anything, it was probably split right down the middle in terms of negative and positive. But I have to say, and it's weird because you think my perspective would be skewed that uh, in the other direction. I hated watching it this time. It was so painful. Uh, you know, this and this was only my first time through, and I, I mean, cl- and I literally put it off like as late as humanly possible, which was, you know, partially on purpose, but but mostly an accident because something came up at sort of like the last minute, and I, you know, and I and I couldn't actually get to the movie. Basically because my stupid ass left it at my mom's house when, uh, in, instead of bringing it home with me, so I had to wait till I came back to watch it. Mo, you stupid uh, ass. I am a stupid ass, but. <laughs> <laughs> we should mention that we're talking about 2002's Terror Tunes. Oh, do we have to? We have to mention it because we're gonna be talking about that for the next, well, I'm just gonna try to extend it for as long as we can. Uh. Yeah. I- I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is gonna be a 25 minute episode. We'll rush through the details. <laughs> Yeah, 2002's Terror Tunes, directed by Joe Castro, actually a gentleman who's had, uh, in in terms of independent, low-budget movies, he's had a bit of a career. But one thing that I thought was kind of funny, Mo, and I wanted to bring up to you, is that did you know what Joe Castro's most recent film is? I I don't. No, I wouldn't expect that you would. It's actually called The Summer of Massacre. Oh, you know what? I did know that. Because you probably, when you were doing research or looking up on the summer of the massacre, our, uh, <laughs> one of our previous uh, No Budget Nightmares features that is shit, uh, <laughs> this one came up again and again. I thought it was so funny that there was another movie called that, and it's by the director of this movie, which is also shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I, got a, I got a strange email 
from uh, one of my buddies over in, uh, you know, they do the, the, the film reviews from the basement podcast right. asking me was like, Hey, how did you get a copy of this? Like, I don't, I didn't think it was out yet. And I, and I just, I just like shook my head for a second, gave myself a couple of deep breaths and then wrote back, no man, <laughs> this movie. And I sent them the IMDB link and he was just like, Oh yeah. Cause, cause <laughs> the title, I, I mean, and, and to Joe Castro's uh, credit, the summer of massacre, that I mean, it's it's still a kind of a dumb title, but at least rolls off the tongue a little bit better than the summer of the massacre, which is still yeah. just such a ridiculous title. Not that Terror Tunes is that much better. <laughs> it should be noted as well that Terror Tunes has a sequel, so there's two of these movies. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew that. Yeah, I, well, Mo, I'm not just talking to you; I'm talking to our beloved audience out there. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we should I'm, watch I'm, shell, I'm completely shell shocked from this movie. Oh man. Okay, so let's get into it then. No, I think we should just kind of relax and uh... <laughs> we'll just stretch out, meander a little bit. All right, let's get into it. Let's, let's mention first that the movie is, uh, as so many of these movies are, a not quite a feature length production. It's about seventy five minutes long. Man, but it fe- but it's it's just like Hip Hop Locos in the fact that it feels like it's three and a half hours. Yeah, this 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 movie has a, a bamboo shoots under your fingernails effect as it yeah. goes on, uh, and it's got. It's, it, oh, sorry, I'm getting angry a little bit talking about it. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the plot a little bit. You know, it's interesting that the reason I suggested that we watch this is that uh, you recently watched uh, Evil Tunes. Yeah, which, which, which is also, also a, which is also a piece of shit, but it, that's also way better a piece than this. Shit. Yeah, exactly. It, and it, it kind of, at least that feels like something where someone was, ha- I mean, it's not that in this movie that, that it didn't look like the people were having fun making it. Uh, it. That at least makes it, I think, a little bit more enjoyable to watch in some respects than uh uh barely legal lesbian vampires but uh, but it's it it kind of makes me uncomfortable to watch we'll get into why that is let's let's talk about the plot a little bit because why don't you jump into it first mo while i try to calm down <laughs> goose fraba goose fraba <laughs> Yeah, so the movie starts off, there's a, basically there's a guy, you know, we open up on, on some random dude in a beanie, uh, in some weird, you know, matte painting, you know, green screen world. Cause we're in the cartoon dimension, it says. Cause we're in the cartoon, yeah, exactly. We're in the cartoon dimension at this point, and he's strapped to a table, and he's wearing a beanie, like I said. And, uh, and the evil doctor, who we discover is named Dr. Carnage, which is a, uh, great name. <laughs> he ba- he decides he's going to do a little surgery on you know the patient and uh, starts pulling his intestines out and and that's it, actually one of the very few effects in the film that's almost kind of like you know effective you know they're like the the intestines they're pulling out I mean they're clearly real intestines and you know they've got a good amount of like goop on them it's, it's fun and then and then and then they then they take it one step. I mean, I know they were going for the comic value and they were trying to make it cartoony, but I think they really took it one step too far and they ended up pulling out his skull. Yeah, it's, it's at the end of this long string of intestine, like yeah, pulling, uh, yeah. pulling the, the hankies it, out of a, a clown. Yeah, exactly. And I'm fairly certain that that's, that that's probably the inspiration oh, for yeah. that scene. But but uh, yeah, so but but the way they do it is just freaking awful. I mean, they're going, they're coming through his stomach, so imagine that. 
And then they cut, they do this cut to like kind of like a medium headshot and his eyes just go crazy. And then you, and then you see from within like his eyes and mouth hole, the skull being pulled down through. Oh yeah. It's like an MS paint effect. It's pretty. Yeah. It's really, it's a really, it's a really poor effect. I I do want to mention that Dr. Carnage in this case, uh, they've, they've put him in the movie. They've created him with this kind of giant mask. Yeah. He's a guy in a suit. He's not, yeah. He's not a cartoon. As right. you would think, he's a guy in a suit. So they've given him this giant mask and this uh, this oversized sort of like puffy, like padded coat. Yeah, I mean he doesn't look bad. I mean like, the mask. No, looks no, no, okay. no. I mean, I, yeah, he, yeah. The, the effects for 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 Doctor Carnage and and the other guy in a suit. You know, they look good. They they don't look they don't look bad. And in fact, I believe some of the people who worked on the effects for this, and maybe even Joe Castro himself, uh I might be wrong about this, worked on at least one of the uh, Wishmaster sequels. Um not that that's not that that's a, 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 a an amazing credit on your resume, yeah. but I mean, you know, there's legitimate effects people who worked on this, and you can kind of tell because some of the effects, particularly when it comes to these big masks, uh look look actually pretty uh pretty okay. And uh, it looks it looks sort of like like a maybe like a, a guar costume or a green yeah, jelly costume, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Um, I, I love how um, one of one of the one of the very I mean, in the, literally, there's like two things in the movie that actually make me laugh. But one of the things that made me sort of chuckle, uh, like every time I would see it, is be, uh, Doctor Carnage's nose is so <laughs> big. That, like, he's constantly, you know, like, the, first off, the actor who's inside the suit, like, basically, if there's something in front of him and he needs to see it, like, he needs to put his head all the way down so that he can see it. So there's a lot of him, like, you know, bowing, you know, towards the camera so that he can see what he's trying to to pick up. It's like the Michael but, Keaton Batman. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And every, and every time, every time he does that, if by some chance he's in front of something, like, goopy or, or sloppy, like he inevitably gets some on his nose. And, and so that always kind of made me chuckle. That's right. Focus on the good stuff, Mo. That'll get you through this. Yeah, well, I think I just said the good stuff. <laughs> so. Well, we jump from that scene yeah. right into the opening credits. And I will say uh, that compared to, well, pretty much any movie that we've talked about so far, the music in this movie is actually pretty good. Yeah. It's got, I mean, they're, they're ripping off Danny Elfman for their main theme, which is fine uh, because it sounds good. It sounds It's appropriate. Yeah, and it's appropriate for the cartoony, you know, think of it like like Kiwi's Big Adventure style music. Evil carnival music. Exactly. Uh, yeah. not, and we're not talking ICP, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say dark carnival. <laughs> But uh, so we get the opening credits, and that's actually a good opportunity to mention maybe some of the cast that are here. Uh, now, there's not really many uh, recognizable faces, but there are a couple. Uh, any? Yeah, I was any... gonna say you said you said you recognized two. I I only recognized one. Who did you recognize, Mo? Well, I well, I mean, it's it, it would seem pretty <laughs> obvious which one I recognized, but uh, you know, the, uh, Lizzie Borden, who is an adult film star. <laughs> <laughs> She's a porn star. She's a she's a porn actress. She gets her kid off in this too. Yeah, <laughs> in a disturbing manner, as we'll get to in a moment. Uh, the other actress who I recognized was uh, Beverly, Be- Beverly Beverly Lynn as uh, as Cindy. Beverly Lynn is mm-hmm. is uh, as opposed to uh, Lizzie Borden is a softcore uh, star, if you can call it that. She she's known as as the star of those late night. Uh, well, a lot of those parody movies like Misty Monday did, but also yeah. just some of those really 
lame Skinamax style movies. Does Beverly Lane have a fancy? Fantasy that hasn't been fulfilled yet. Actually, I do. See, I really, really enjoy masturbating. I have to do it every day. And my fantasy is that the man that I'm masturbating to ends up catching me. That this man watches me. Yeah, basically anything produced by uh, mainline pictures, I believe it's called. Right, that's exactly that sort of thing. Yeah. It's actually, maybe it's just me, but I actually thought that she, uh, and she is set up as the main character in this movie, uh, Beverly Lynn in this case, uh, I think she did a pretty good job. She's really the only one who pulls off any sort of uh, real, uh, maybe not emotion, but but at the very least, she, she's giving it her all, and she seems to have some sort of acting chops. It's a... Uh, it, I, I would say there's one other, but we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll mention him when we actually get to him. And also, kind of bizarrely, she, she doesn't take off her clothes at this probably at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's actually like this extended scene where they're playing like a game of strip Ouija board and, yeah. and, uh, and they're like, oh, and they keep getting interrupted. And every time they're interrupted, she puts all of her clothes back on, you know, and then they come back and they're like, hey, weren't you about to take that shirt off? And they keep, I mean, it's almost like it's like they're, they're constantly playing at this joke and, and she, and never, she never, I mean, the closest thing you get is at the end where, you can kind of see your nipples. Well, I'll tell you, if you look up her name on the internet, you can see her naked in pretty much every position you could hope to see someone naked. I know, and that's and that's why it's so funny that she's so like. I mean, this is this is almost like uh, like watching a, a Tracy Lords, you know, after she goes legit film. Except kind of in the reverse, because this movie was made before she started doing a lot of those softcore movies, so she ah, she was still innocent, so to speak. I see, I see. So let's jump into the movie. What's the first thing we see after the credits? It's a bathtub. Ah, uh, yes, bathtub. Lizzie Borden is in the is in the bath, um, and she's singing she, Rubber Ducky. That's right. She's singing. She's singing Rubber Ducky. <laughs> I cannot imagine how, uh, how that they thought. That, well, she doesn't really. I mean, she sings Rubber Ducky. You're the one, and then she just makes up some lyrics after that. But yeah. Uh, but yeah no I'm sure Jim Henson uh, was not aware <laughs> at this point because he was dead but also yeah, rolling in his grave yeah, the, yeah. this was the the most salacious use of uh, rubber ducky probably ever because she is uh, naked in a tub as you are wont to be um, yeah and and she stands up. And this is, that's actually my favorite moment is when she stands up and she's covered, like her breasts are covered in, in suds, but she's got such gigantic breasts that it's like this mountain of suds on her chest. And it just, I mean, like, like, you know, I mean, it, I mean, it doesn't, it's, who cares? But I mean, but it's just kind of funny to see like this pile of suds, like on this woman's <laughs> chest, you know, because two seconds later, you know, the tits are out. So, I mean, why bother? Uh, the, the, we're going to get into our misogyny early, I think, today. Um, oh, yeah, right into it. <laughs> her... We're yeah. not the ones who put the tits two seconds into the movie. <laughs> her, her breasts are ridiculous. I mean, they are... They are. They look like they're about to float off her chest and that she's just going to be pulled into the air. I mean, they they look 
I, I mean, we, uh, I will pull out the word early for the. They look retarded. I mean, they look so <laughs> ridiculous. And you're right. She gets out and she uh, immediately shows off her tits and yeah. uh, and her, puts on her goods, a, if you will. She put she shows her goodies and then she puts on a uh, a skirt and uh, and that's. There's no particular reason why any of that is in the movie. It's completely gratuitous, but I mean, but a movie like a movie like this really needs gratuitous nudity, or else it's got nothing. This is really the only gratuitous nudity we get, though, which is kind That's of it. Yeah. So, so uh, anything you're looking to hold on to, it's all downhill from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say, Mo, and I, I really do have to bring this up that Lizzie Borden's character, Candy. Uh, the one that we just saw, her breasts. Uh, she uh, she's playing a character that is obviously supposed to be like, if not prepubescent, then like 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 eleven or twelve, thirteen years old. I mean, she yeah. acts really childlike, so it's kind of disturbing that the first thing we see is uh, is her uh, unclothed. Uh, well, I just I just took it as I just took it as she was mentally there. And, uh, you know, and that is maybe she was just like, uh, like, uh, like retarded or something. Yeah, I thought it was going to turn into a Max Hardcore movie. But, uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but no, it never does. So, so, uh, Candy goes to, uh, see her parents off. Her parents are heading off to a wedding. And what's interesting about the parents in this case? Now, now, the mother, <laughs> I'll start, I'll start with the mother, um, uh, because she's the more interesting of the characters. <laughs> and, and might I add, also my my favorite character in the entire film. Uh, sadly, only in the movie for like a minute and a half. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the mother is played by a transvestite. Yes. This came for you. Oh cool. Put the rest of these on the table for me, would you, dear? Yes. Mom. Now I already told your sister. Now I'm telling you, no friends over. That goes the same for both of you. Hear me? Yes, mom. Good girl. Hugs and kisses. You know, it's a guy. It's a guy in drag. None you know, too not, convincing. <laughs> not yeah, not not a very convincing guy in drag. Like really one of those like over the top flamboyant you know uh, type of uh, of of drag queens that you you know that that would do the the fun shows and stuff like that. Right. But um. You know, and uh, I I'm trying to think of like even has a like the like the the actress. I guess <laughs> even has a great name too. Like uh, what's it? It's uh, Shimmy Max. I believe. Yeah, that's right, Shimmy Max. Yeah, and that that is a great drag name. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the the dad is just a, some dude. You know? I will say that the dad gets a great moment right at the end, but we'll we'll save that till then. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know the, exactly the moment you're talking about. But before, uh, before they leave, they uh, they pass the mail to uh, Candy, and she is uh, has been given a DVD, which is called Terror Tunes. They're breaking the fourth wall. There's it's layers. Getting meta here, yeah, yeah, and and uh, she immediately runs inside. Actually, she has a quick conversation with her sister, but who gives a shit? Uh, and she goes in and watches the DVD, uh, and. Uh, we get to see a bunch of credits. Another credit sequence, like two, like we're five minutes into the movie and we're having our second credit sequence. Yeah, but yeah, it's produced by Hollywood uh, Productions. That's right, and uh, it, it, there's characters like it's going to be hard to get this across, uh, just just uh, audibly. But uh, like Satan, Diablo, yeah. B, Bill, yeah, yeah. That, that sort of. And then, and then of course they they must have they must have run out of uh, of nicknames by the end. Um, because the director was the devil. <laughs> yeah, just you call him mean? the devil. Who cares? I mean, yeah, why? I mean, why? Why couldn't you have called him like like O L Scratch or something? I mean, is that is that too 
like obscure of a reference. Mo, I wish maybe. you had written this movie instead of uh, whoever the fuck did. Actually, it was a <laughs> group of people in this case. Yeah, there was. There was a crew of people who wrote this movie. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, like that. That would have been perfectly acceptable. I mean, yeah. But they they so like. I mean, they really like wanked it on that one. With the, I mean, it's like what the devil. Thanks. <laughs> Well, we get to, we'll get we'll get uh, more intimately familiar with the devil a little later, um, but we get to watch one of these terror tunes now, and it's it's important to mention as you did before, Mo, that uh, for one, uh, the main characters, the main kind of evil characters, uh, Doctor Carnage, and now we're introduced to the second one, who is a giant uh, monkey called Max Assassin. Max Assassin, yep. That they're not animated in any way. In fact, the only animation that takes place in the movie are sort of two-frame clip art type things that sometimes appear on the screen. There isn't really any animation to speak of. Yeah, most of the animation that takes place in this movie is usually them bugging out people's eyes, right. uh, extending out like their mouths, you know, and, and I mean, and yeah, I think there was, I think there were at least, there were maybe two, maybe two moments in the entire film where there was actually some kind of like animated cartoon whatnot on the screen. It's sort of like Evil Tunes in that in that case. Not a ton yeah, of yeah, ex- well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, th- though, um, I guess they were going for sort of, like, uh, it's interesting, this movie came out in 2002, even though The Mask, which is what they're trying to ape, I think, in some of these effects on the people's faces, uh, mm-hmm. was obviously almost a decade before. Uh, hey, look, we're silent. All right, let's get back to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so she watches this shitty uh, cartoon where we learn about Max Assassin, and while yep. this is going on, we're introduced to uh, her sister, well, we were really introduced in the previous scene, our sister Cindy, and her uh, Asian friend, Amy. I'm glad you said the Asian friend's name, because in all my notes, I just wrote the Asian, so I, like, I didn't actually write her name down at all. Well, I was trying not to be quite as offensive as you, so I wrote down eh. her name was Amy. <laughs> and uh, and they, because the parents are gone, they've decided they're going to have some fun. Now, I'm very confused, Mo, by what the ages of these people are supposed to be, because they're presented as if, well, for one thing, they all live with their parents, uh, yeah. and they talk about how uh, they, they know where to get some wine coolers, so they're going to call their, their guy friends to come over and have some fun. So what do you want to do? I told you, call Rick and Eddie. Amy, I'm not supposed to have anybody over. Come on, your parents are never going to know. I mean, these people, all of the actors in this, are clearly well above drinking age, and I'm not just talking about Canada, I'm thinking about <laughs> in the States, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. The um, I, it seems to me like they're trying trying to represent the older sister and the Asian friend as like seventeen. Yeah, 18, high school maybe. students, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Candy on the other hand, uh, it seems like they're trying to represent her as uh, I'd hate to say twelve, but you know, like maybe early teens, thirteen, fourteen. You know, and it's just, it's it's insane because, you know, the, what's the older sister's name again? Cindy? Uh, yeah, Cindy's the older sister. Yeah, C- Cindy, you know, no offense to the actress, but she looks 32. I mean, she's not, you know, she doesn't look, a, she, she can't pull off the teenager look. Yeah, I believe that the actress yeah. herself is just about to hit 40. So, I mean, yeah, we're you're, you're, you're hitting the right mark there. See? Yeah, see, see, movie. I can, I can work in a carnival. <laughs> How much do you think but, she weighs? That's that's what I'm curious about. Uh, she she's she's fine as far as the weight's concerned. No no problem there. No butterface alarm necessary. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's piss your wife off this week too. <laughs> 
But there, but I wanted to mention there's a there's a moment coming up when, when they call you know because you said they they decide they're gonna they're gonna call their guy friends yeah and uh, and, uh, and and oh they know where where to get the wine coolers and the phone conversation that that they have is so poorly edited I mean it's probably some of the worst editing I've ever seen in a film. Like, like ever. I hate. I maybe. Maybe it's just me, and maybe I'm just being a dick about it. But they also say that <laughs> when they're about to call them, they go, "You know, the guys are at the gym getting all pumped up, just waiting for you to call them." <laughs> and they call, yeah. and they are. They're working out on this machine, and it's yeah, like, yeah. it's like they look like the biggest assholes in the world, and they kind of oh, act that like is- that too. <laughs> Hello? Hey, Rick. Hey, what's up? What are you doing? Uh, nothing. Just working out with my friend Eddie. Who is it? Ooh, I love when a man takes care of himself. Well, uh, I try. So what are you boys doing tonight? I don't know. Jennifer, what are you doing? Jennifer? Who the hell is Jennifer? Oh, hi, Amy. I knew it was you. I was just joking. Rick, you stinker. Get this. Cindy's parents went to a wedding and they won't be back until tomorrow. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And we, me and Cindy, thought maybe you boys maybe could come over? Yeah. So, um, Cindy said it was okay to bring Eddie, too. Hey, no problem. Uh, you want me to bring anything? Bring some booze. I know where my mom keeps the wine coolers. Ooh, I love wine coolers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they certainly live up to their appearance. Yeah, it's a shitty conversation and it sounds and looks awful. Sorry, yeah, I'll, I'm definitely going to be throwing up some audio of that because it's it's. I mean, there's not a lot of good audio moments in this movie, but that's that's definitely one that needs to be shared. Yeah, definitely. So uh, th- they do agree, uh, as any uh, sane guys would. This is these guys are Rick and Eddie, by the way. Not that that's going to be very important, but just to Whatever. keep them uh, straight. Yeah. Uh, they decided that they're going to come over and uh, and have a little fun with these gals, um, and uh, and. They do. In fact, there's no. It's important to to mention that there's no tension in this movie. There's no like horror. Uh, I, there's no reason to care about the characters because you're never given a reason. Uh, so nope. yeah, yeah, and, and and believe me, I don't care about the characters. No, <laughs> not at all. So uh, they uh, they are going to come over. So they decide to call a pizza place to order some pizza. Uh, and what's the name of this pizza place, Bo? Uh, Shanghai Pizza. Shanghai Pizza. And when they call... Because, because when I think of pizza, I think of Asians. <laughs> and they call this pizza place, and the person who answers is a particularly... It's like a... Well, man, it's it sounds racist, actually. It's it's like Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's style <laughs> Asian uh, caricature. I mean, it's really fucking terrible. Oh, uh, roll. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like that. Shanghai Pizza, my take order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, uh, fuck all that, because this is just wasting time to get back to the uh, cartoon, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we notice that Dr. Carnage and Max Assassin are trying to uh, break out of the screen. They actually uh, motion towards doing it, uh, and, and that is obviously what is going to happen at some point. But before... Uh, oh, in the cartoon that she's watching, <laughs> it's really fucking dumb. It's these two girls and they're what are they licking like lollipops? they're licking a lollipop that clearly is made out of wood uh, and and they and like they animate the tongues Mine! 
Oh right, yeah. It's, it, it reminds me of that uh, Black Hole Sun video because everything. Uh, it's it's not pleasant to watch. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's a, that's a, that's a good that's a good uh, reference point too. Yeah, it does. It looks a lot like that's what they do with like the eyes and the mouth. They like stretch them out and make them look all stupid. But yeah, it looks a lot like the Black Hole Sun video. Which anyway, also looks th- that's just killing time. I mean, these characters aren't going to be. These are just characters within the cartoon. So the gang all do get together. This being um, uh, Cindy and Amy. And uh, Rick and Eddie, boy, how did I remember that? Uh, and they they decide. Uh, actually, Rick and uh, Rick and Eddie want to play strip poker. Yeah, there's a big argument. Yeah, uh, Rick Rick and Eddie want to play strip poker. The uh, the girls want to play with a Ouija board. Yeah, but they come to a great compromise. It's it's a brilliant compromise, really. They decide they're going to do strip Ouija board. Tie. Okay, that wasn't obvious. What now? Strip Ouija. What? Strip Ouija. We'll make a compromise. What the hell is strip Ouija? The Ouija board tells you what you have to take off. That is stupid. No, it's not. No, it's yeah. not. Come on. Now we can play both games and everybody will be happy. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, they do strip Ouija where the board will actually tell you what uh, what uh, clothing to remove. Uh, because which, that's what Ouija boards do. I'll tell you, it, people who are listening to this right now, I know that sounds like a dumb idea, it's even dumber in practice. This is dumber. Eh, it's not dumber than the uh, game of strip poker from uh, Las Vegas Bloodbath because it doesn't go on as long. But yeah. but it's still fucking stupid. <laughs> and oh, by the way, since I imagine uh, Ouija, as is, as in Ouija boards, is a copyrighted name, the Ouija in this case is spelled W E E J E E. I didn't even G-E. notice that. Yeah, it is not not actually a traditional Ouija board. <sighs> So wow. for, for no reason at all. Oh, by the way, no one gets undressed to the point. I mean, you, you the guys do. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say you you actually end up seeing more of the dudes than you do of uh, the women. Yeah. Well, hey, if that's your thing, that's fine. I'm not. Well, in it. I, well I'm, yeah, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. That wasn't my issue. But I was saying, like, like you know, the girls. I don't know if you. I mean, like, obviously you you would have noticed this, but the girls oh, they 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 get down to the point where they're where they're quote unquote shirtless, but they magically get another shirt. You know, like I'm fairly certain they're wearing like the dude's shirt. Yeah, at that point. yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and it's like that's what that doesn't make any sense. They've completely misrepresented their strip Ouija session. They have gypped me out of seeing more sets of breasts. That's you know, all I'm saying. Uh, uh, Mo, I'm half gypsy, so I was very offended by your use of gyp just then. Also, when you said more sets, I thought of Alanis Morissette, which made me even more offended. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Uh, so back to the terror tunes. They escape <laughs> from the screen. Uh, and by the way, Candy is watching this like an idiot, just watching this stupid shit. Uh, and they come out of the screen, and they uh, immediately slice up her back and pull out her spine. Yes. These effects are really kind of gross. But, I mean, they're gross in a – they're not pleasantly – fun, right? I mean, it, I, yeah. I guess they're really going for it to be sort of, it's that kind of line between realistic and cartoonish. But, yeah. The but, pra- I mean, but but in all honesty, I mean, the practical effects in this movie, it's probably the best thing about the film. Oh, yeah. No, most definitely. It, it, yeah. The thing is, it almost looks too good. If it was super fake, then you'd almost it would almost be more enjoyable to watch. Mm. In this case, pulling out her spine is actually kind of grotesque. And it's <laughs> also, it reminded me, it's kind of interesting that it reminded me of uh, a very similar scene from Killer Clowns uh, from Outer Space, mm-hmm. where uh, where John Vernon gets, they, they manipulate him like a, like a puppet, like a yes. ventriloquist dummy, and they yep. do 
they do the same thing with Cindy in this case. Um, except it's that- really cre- it's really creepy what they do with her too. Like not just the fact of you know working her like a puppet because that's that's completely normal. But um, no, I mean like the like they animate her mouth. Yeah. To work to to so that it goes like a dummy's mouth. Are you okay? Yes. I thought I heard a scream or something. Must have been TV. Which of course it wouldn't have. Like that wouldn't have happened. You know, but what, what you mean in real life? If they had really, t- their arms yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, 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 you know, let's get real up in here. <laughs> but this I movie mean, is totally not realistic. That's what it really it, it ruined my ability to get into the plot. That's what I dislike the most about this movie. It lacks realism. Yeah. Uh, while this is going, well, and actually immediately after this uh, occurs, um, Tommy, who is a friend of Cindy's, arrives, uh, and this character is completely unnecessary and has no part in the movie. I believe uh, the term you're looking for is superfluous. Yeah, I used superfluous last time, and I feel like <laughs> I'm, I'm overusing certain words. So he comes into the room to check on uh, Candy, and uh, he's only there so he can get his head cut off by a giant pair of scissors, which is fine by me. <laughs> which was also a pretty great effect. It was really well done. I mean, yeah. I, let, it, let it not seem like we're being unfair to this movie. It doesn't suck just because it's in the movie. It's just that the <laughs> no, movie No, it sucks, sucks because it's a piece of shit. It, yeah, the movie it sucks. Su- it, it, it just sucks has some good looking stuff. Everything else sucks. That's why. <laughs> and you have to understand that the stuff that that is in between these effects is awful. Like it's really unwatchable because they're just it I, is mind-numbingly bad. Like like when we're going back to this Ouija strip session, they're just chanting pizza, pizza. I mean, that's what's going on back there. Yeah. Uh it's a yeah. uh, it, though I will say that the next scene when the pizza actually arrives, I did like it uh, solely because Doctor Carnage comes to the door and meets the pizza delivery guy, and he uh, he takes the entire pizza and he eats it, it like just... like the Cookie Monster used to eat things, where he just kind of yeah, pushes yeah, yeah. it into his mouth that isn't a <laughs> hole and just kind of messes it around everywhere. Um, dude, here's your pizza. That'll be twelve dollars. <laughs> Yeah, he just shoves it into his face. That, I, I agree. That that's that's that that is a uh, 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 an enjoyable scene. <laughs> uh, and this is where the cartoon world meets the real world, sort of uh, on a on a major level. Um, because uh, now the uh, the four uh, teenagers, I guess, um, they uh, notice first that the phone is dead, and then disco lights start to show up, and they see both Dr. Carnage and Max Assassin doing sort of a dance in front of them. Yep. Yep, that's what happens. <laughs> Energy level, Mo. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, I was just, like, it, it just seemed to me like something else happened, but you're right, yeah, nothing, yeah, that's, that's, that's what happens next. I, we're, 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 we're like we're halfway half, through the movie. We're halfway through the movie. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> how little occurs in this fucking movie. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, there's got to be something else that happens before that. This seems like, I mean, like we're already that far into the movie. Nope, Th- that's it. Yeah. So, so yeah. So they make the disco lights, and and of course the, the um, uh, you know, the the, the four uh, teenagers have have the most ridiculous response to all of this. I mean, they just, I mean, they're like, 
what's that? <laughs> and know? they don't seem bothered. At first, they seem really amused by it. The, yeah. the, the, the implication is that there is the cartoon physics or the whatever the effect that these characters have. It, it could be some form of, I don't know, mind control or something. Uh, who are they? I have no idea. <laughs> because yeah. one of the characters, Eddie, in this case, because we're so we so love Eddie because of how he's done so many interesting things so far. He well, uh, he did he he did show his ass crack. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Eddie starts to laugh to the point where veins start poking out of his head, scanner style, and. Uh, then he vomits up his internal organs. Yep, that that is what happens with Eddie, and that's goodbye, Eddie. Uh, I will. So say we're basi- so basically, basically, I mean, if we haven't, if we've learned anything from this movie so far, it's that you know, it's that, or not, you know, from from the making of this movie, not the movie itself, you know, no, like moral, whatever. But um, you know, is that basically the storyline is pointless, and it's an excuse to get them from one gore effect. To the next. Yeah, this is an effects demo reel more than it oh, is without a doubt. Yeah. any sort of actual movie. And as that might even sound pleasant, but you have to understand this is seventy-five minutes, and the effects as you know they last for like four seconds at a time. If or that. yeah, and and that's not fun. Uh, yeah. A, a three-minute compilation is fun. Seventy-five minutes, not fun. Like that, like that scene where the where where the guy gets his head chopped off with a giant pair of scissors. Like I mean, like. That sounds awesome, and it was awesome to watch, but it's literally a one-second effect. Yeah, you know, and then and then yeah. we get fifteen minutes of you know we get well what feels like fifteen minutes of of just filler until the next something happens. Now there is one more cartoon character, cartoon I'm using in quotation marks in this case that yeah. comes out of the screen, and that's a police officer. Yeah, because this guy, they're not even trying to, you know, to hide with a, I mean, in, 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 you know, he does not wear a mask or anything. He just has a hat that says police officer on it. Yeah, it's kind of cartoonish in how it's written on it. But, uh, yeah. yeah, and he's he's got like a gigantic cartoonish gun. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he's, he ostensibly is supposed to be uh, hunting these two characters. Where are you, Dr. Carnage? I'll get you, Max Assassin. But he's not much help. Uh, in fact, they get rid of him by putting dynamite in a box of donuts. Which I would imagine would be a really easy way to get rid of a cartoon cop. I mean, it makes sense, I, I suppose. Hey, Mo. Uh-oh. <laughs> I had a question for you. Sure. Where you are in the U.S., U.S., <laughs> the United States of America, <laughs> where you are in that country you live, do they uh-huh. have those donuts which are in pink boxes? I've never, I mean, I see those in movies all the time, but do they have those there? Um, not pink boxes as such. There is a place, uh, there, there, you know, there are like little like mom and pop donut shops around that, that have like that kind of box. I mean, I, I've heard that it's like a very traditional thing to, to sell donuts in these kind of pink boxes. Maybe maybe I've read wrong. I think my wife must might have screamed something about it at some point. <laughs> no, but I mean it's not it, it's not it, it's not untrue. I mean there's definitely, 
you know, like there's definitely those boxes. Now, as to, as far as whether or not you know it's pink or not, I mean, like I know the one, uh, the the place that I you know that I frequent every now and again uses a, a uses a box just like that, but it's blue. Well, here in Canada, people only get donuts from Tim Hortons, so I don't know anything <laughs> about this. Uh, anyway, please write in if you do know about pink donut boxes. Please. And and uh, email address is what's that again, Mo? It's no budget nightmares at de- uh, Jesus Christ. No budget either. <laughs> I get it to my I get it to my professional voiceover you know, voice and then and then screw it up. Yeah, this is going on my demo reel. <laughs> it's no budget nightmares at gmail dot com. Yeah, I'm just I, I'd just like to, for us to mention it here. Also, we're taking a little break from the movie, and it feels good to stretch our legs, think about something else, something better, almost certainly. Oh, yeah. All right, back to the movie. Uh, <laughs> so the characters uh, at this point we have uh, uh, three characters. Still alive. That would be Cindy, Amy, and the one dude whose name I can't remember anymore. Um, and he uh, almost immediately gets captured by Doctor Carnage. And yep. and what happens to him? Oh, uh, you know this. I'm glad you. I'm glad you deferred to me on this one because this, this is actually my favorite moment in the film. His name is Rick, by the way. R- Rick. Yeah. <laughs> he he gets he gets captured by uh, by Doctor Carnage, and he gets. You know, kind of, kind of gets almost the same treatment as the guy before. He gets, he gets strapped to a table uh, or to a chair, really, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and they drill something to his head, and uh, you know, but but before all of that really starts happening, they they, they show uh, a tray, a tray of 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 medical equipment, right. of tools, and uh, and 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 the last piece of equipment that he puts down is like a, it was like one of those like party blowers, you right. know. And like when he puts that party blower down, like that, that right there, that one scene is the only time in the entire movie that I audibly laughed. I'm not going to lie to you, Mo. Uh, one of the reasons I asked for you to talk about this scene is that I couldn't think of what the word for one of those party blowers were. And I actually looked it up <laughs> when I was watching the movie uh, a couple days ago. I looked it up, and I wanted to get the right term. I think uh, the only one I could find consistently was a blowout, but I don't even, I've never heard it called that I've before. I've never heard it called that. So it's a yeah. party blower. So, uh, you know, there's that could re- refer to this device or uh, particularly... Or a loose woman. A loose could be a loose man. Could be. You're just saying. Hey, why not? We're, we're equal opportunity offenders here. Yeah. So it's that true. was a fun moment. It's it's you know, and I even I, I put it in my notes. I wrote in parentheses. I wrote funny. <laughs> you know. Hey, that's that funny part of the movie. I remember that. Can, can I can I state for the record that that's the only time that I wrote funny next to anything? <laughs> Unpleasant was written all over the place. Oh yeah, yeah. There's. There's a lot of Uggs, but uh, not not a lot of funnies. So this funny moment is followed by Rick getting his uh, the first the the skin on the top of his uh, head ripped off, cut off, yep, they, and they scalp him like they, an engine. They scalp him. That's exactly right. And then they cut off the top of his skull with a bone saw, and they reveal his gooey brains underneath. And then they tickle him. Then they tickle his brains. <laughs> <laughs> the 
that's I I, I kind of got a kick. Well, this is one of those scenes I was talking about where the doctor, like you know, like he's he has to look down at you know to get things, <laughs> and like his nose pokes into into the dude's brain. He comes up and like, there's like a a stream of goo from his nose to the to the brain. It, it's kind of funny, and then he tickles the brain, which I thought was pretty pretty clever as well. The next thing that happens is that Amy gets taken – well, she gets taken after uh, she is basically cornered. In fact, she corners herself by backing into a corner. And, yeah. and Max Assassin shows up and uh, smashes some bottles on his head and uh, and basically takes her away. And that will become important in a moment. Um, actually, the funny thing that happens next is that Cindy is hiding in a bathroom and she's crying and she's hysterical and she, you know, and she basically is working up the confidence to open the door to go outside. And it's yeah, because she's she's got the cop's gigantic, ridiculous gun, which never gets used no, once it in the film. You know, it's just it's there as a visual prop. It, it doesn't even look good. But it's, you know, it's, but and it never gets used. Like, there's so much comic potential right there, and it never gets used. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. No, you're right. It's, this is yeah. a, this movie's wasted potential all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, they capture her. They tie her to a chair next to uh, Dickhead. And they are forced to witness the uh, classic sawing a woman in half gag. <sighs> I do remember some dialogue from this scene, by the way. Cindy yells at them. I think she says things like, You're animals, both of you horrible, filthy animals. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the magically magical Dr. Carnage. That was my delivery. Equally as good as the delivery in the movie, I think. Probably better. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not going to suck my own dick here. <laughs> if I could, though, I wouldn't be on this podcast. I'd be doing that instead. <laughs> so there's a magic show. Uh, I think everyone who's listening right now can guess what happens here. Um, uh, with the Asian girl? With the Asian girl in the Saw a Woman in Half gag. Well, she gets sawed in half. She gets sawed in half with a giant saw, and then they open the boxes, and it's just a big pile of disgusting guts inside. Just guts. It's guts. And actually, this is one of the uh, segments which has some uh, animation in that a cartoon buzzard uh, appears for some reason. Yeah, this is the other moment. Yeah. yeah this, is, this is moment number two. I think the other one's like a rabbit. Yeah. I can't remember, Mo, how the transition to the next scene occurs. Uh, um, it's, it's the strangest thing ever. Like, I think I turned my head from the screen for a second to write a note and then I look back up and then and then Cindy's in hell. Yeah. In fact I have it written here. Cindy spins into hell. I think she just yeah. starts to spin and suddenly she's in hell. Yeah. Well, well whatever happened, I missed it and I wasn't about to go back to catch it. So so yeah, so all of a sudden Cindy's in hell. She's in hell and now. She meets she meets the devil, thank you. Now, the devil, is he the person that you were going to say was the other decent actor? Yes. Yeah, no, he's good, actually. He's got a great voice. He's, he is really good. Like, he, his delivery is great. Uh, there's a lot of emotion into what he's trying to say. He also has really the only interesting dialogue in the movie. I have been given a very bad rap for the past, let's just say, for the past. Period. It's true. He has he has this whole big speech that he goes on, and it's 
and it's and it's really hilarious. But 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 he has a great line in there um, where where he says something to her like, um, and it made me think of us. But he's, he yeah, says to her something to the. Yeah, he says to her, uh, you know, didn't you read the credits? And she's like, no, who reads credits? And as soon as she said that, I'm like, we do! (laughs) I am uh, obsessive about uh, reading the credits. He does explain what his scheme is. I don't quite get it. He's trying to corrupt people's minds and and, uh, sort of infect society through Saturday morning cartoons, his terror tunes in this case. Yeah. Uh, I don't really get it, and I don't really think it made sense anyway. Well, no, because what because what parent is going to buy their kids something called terror tunes? Idiot. Because that's what his entire plan is based off of, the fact that all the... Like, he, he wants to corrupt the youth so that when they grow up, that, you know, like, his regime will take over the world, so to speak. There's a bizarre bit of dialogue here where he says that he's going to try to corrupt minds through Saturday morning cartoons. And, yeah. and then she says something about cartoons, and he goes, Not cartoons! Terror tunes! My disciples, Dr. Carnage and Max Assassin, shall preach the gospel of evil throughout the world, infiltrating the minds of children teaching them the values of treachery and the what-withal of debauchery, all very discreetly packaged in the form of Saturday morning cartoons. That's sick. Why are you doing this? Why? Because I want to make a difference in the world. I want to leave my handprints in the pavement of history, and every death brings me a new condemned soul. But why cartoons? Not cartoons. Terror tunes. And, and, and he just called them cartoons a second ago. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> no, not Jesus. The devil, thank you. All right, that, that's right. Uh, by the way, God is nowhere to be found in this movie, so thanks a lot, God. Thank goodness. Um, so she uh, decides that she is going to uh, take advantage of the rules of this cartoon universe, which she may or may not be part of at the moment. Which is which is the which is the one bit of clever thinking in the entire movie. Though it's not kind of obvious too, but yeah, it's at least no, a little bit. It's completely bit obvious, but these people are really stupid. So it's so in this world, it's clever thinking. <laughs> It's like it's like the, in the kingdom of the blind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she says that she wants to be a superhero. So suddenly she is uh, sort of looking like a superhero with a wig. I think is it a pink wig? It's a pink. Yeah, it's a whole pink outfit, and uh, and she's got some some serious like camel toe shorts on, and uh, and a pink wig. And and this is the one moment where I was saying like you can see your nipples through the thing. But yeah, that's just me being a perv. Creepy mo. I'm I'm a creep. It's all right, I suppose. I didn't notice. I better t- actually. Maybe I should watch it again just to see. No, nah, you should. Right. It's not worth it. So she escapes from the TV uh, because hell is in the TV, I guess. No, it makes sense. And she, uh, for some reason, in her house is now a giant DVD pressing machine, uh, mm-hmm. a, a 
big DVD burner. Uh, and it's cranking out these Terror Tunes DVDs. And I will say the one moment, it's funny, you know, it's, it, they talk about it being Terror Tunes and cartoons. There isn't really many moments that make me think of cartoons in here, but the machine does have, uh, on the, written on the side, never ever turn this machine off. Thank you, management. <laughs> Signed the management. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, at least that's kind of a Tex Avery cartoonish type thing. I didn't laugh. I didn't even smile. But at least I thought, hey, someone who made this watched a cartoon at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it's pretty clear that that any everybody else is working off of the uh, working off of the horror, you know, textbook and not the cartoon textbook. That, that's right. In fact, if they had if they had put in a little bit more of that kind of zany that's the word to use zany cartoon energy into this, uh, it could really have paid dividends. Hey, maybe Terror Tunes Two is full of that. I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, even though it was made, I think five years later. So who knows? Let's let's leave it open that it's a possibility that it's a, a major improvement. Uh, the first person she encounters while trying to stop this machine is Max Assassin. Yeah, she takes him out in a really uh, kind of brutal and disgusting way. A really brutal and disgusting way. That's absolutely right. Now, uh, Max Assassin is a giant gorilla, as we mentioned earlier, but he has sort of a uh, his head has been. Fucked around with and so tinkered with, tinkered yeah. with, uh, and that's important because after she crotches him uh, and breaks his neck, she steps on the side of his head uh, and his brains squirt out across the floor. In like a really, I mean, just like a really disgusting manner. I mean, like they're really just this long line of brains. Just, it's like it's like you put like one of those ketchup packets on the ground and then step on it, you know, and then just like this long line of ketchup just shoots out, and that's exactly what happened. Note to listeners right now, by the way, uh, stepping on a cat ke- ke- a ketchup packet. Way more entertaining than watching this movie. Oh, without a doubt. Except, except on the odd chance when it shoots straight up. Then if I was never... if I was watching that, that would be even more entertaining. <laughs> yeah, well, true, true. <laughs> um, and, but, uh, but, but of course, I think they were trying to in, imbue some, uh, some zaniness into this scene because when she steps on his head, it's, there, there's a farting noise. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, th- th- this, um, yeah, just, we're not squeamish, obviously. Uh, no, it's not an issue of, the, like, the gore isn't an issue. In fact, I would, I almost would have liked to have seen more of it because it was the most interesting part of the movie. It does still just feel kind of unpleasant, just the way that it's presented in the movie. The, the problem is, is, the problem with this movie is, I mean, and we kind of already said this earlier, is, is that it's, you know, it's like a, I don't know, what's, what'd we say, 65, 70 minutes? Se- 75 minutes, yeah. Yeah, 75 minute tech demo. It's not, I mean, it's, it, it, there's not enough going on in this movie to keep one's attention for the full 70 minutes. Like, I mean, this is the second movie since we started No Budget Nightmares that I've had to take a break from. Yeah. You know, what was that other one, movie? The Hip Hop Locos, which Hip-hop. I had to take four breaks from. Hip Hop Locos. I, it sounds like it should ring a bell, but it just, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, everyone should go back and listen to uh, the very first episode of No Budget Nightmares focusing on hip-hop logos, because, I mean, you know, I compare every movie we watch to hip-hop logos, and... Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, no, it's the gold standard. It's it's the gold, what, if, say, gold was reversed into the worst sort of standard, what would you call <laughs> that? 
It'd be the shit standard. It's the shit standard. The standard yeah. of shit. Uh, and that's what Hip Hop Logos is, the gold shit standard. <laughs> it's, it's true. Uh, we're, we're procrastinating slightly because we're in the final five minutes of the fucking movie at this point. Uh, yeah. Dr. Carnage runs in, and uh, she slices his head in two with a giant axe. Which is also an interesting effect. Absolutely it is. You know? But, I mean, like, it's ridiculous. But then, but then, then okay, so, but, but whatever. That's the only thing interesting about that about that fight scene. There's nothing else even remotely interesting. She she chops his head in, his head in half. Let's move on. Yeah, well, they, um, they can't, they, they, these big suits, they don't have a lot of mobility. It's not like you could really do a fight scene with them. Yeah, so 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 she starts she starts remembering her sister, you know, and so she takes a crowbar and starts attacking the 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 the, the seat, you know, the DVD burner. Now she just had a giant axe. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't get why why she would bother with a crowbar, but I mean, I'm not going to try to impart any kind of logic into this. But let, you know, but fact is, you know, she starts remembering her sister. She starts remembering all of the other people who were killed and or lobotomized in the case of Rick, you know, and she starts destroying the, 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 the machine. Yeah. She rages against the machine. In this she, she, you know, oh man, if I wasn't so tired, I would have thought of that. But yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, so, so I guess you could say she's killing in the name of her. Nope, I wouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. She's like a bull on some sort of parade. Yeah, yeah. She's she's clearly taking something out on this evil empire. <laughs> anyway, she busts up this machine, and after she does that, the parents uh, arrive home from the wedding, and they have some amusing dialogue. Uh, it's the best part of the entire film. The father apparently has made uh, an ass of himself at this. Uh, <laughs> he he, mo- he moonwalked into the cake. She goes. The the, the transvestite goes. You ruined their beautiful cake. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can barely walk you can barely walk backwards, let alone moonwalk. God, I bet somebody got it on video. Uh, so uh, I imagine that was probably improvised because I can't imagine that suddenly oh, yeah. they pull out some amusing dialogue. So they arrive home to find that it's a bit of a mess, and uh, the father and, and the mom. And this is when the the mom gives a great like angry speech about how like you know how those girls are dead. They're going to boot they're camp. going to boot camp. That's you it, know, boot camp. Ugh, they are dead. Boot camp. Uh-huh. That's it. Right now. Girls! Pack your bags! And that, that, that right there, between, between the devil's speech earlier and that, like, those are, like, my two favorite, like, like, speeches in the, in the film. <laughs> Full of monologues, this fucking movie is. <laughs> yeah, two of them. So the father, uh, the father is the first one to enter the room, which has really all of the uh, carnage, not including yep. Doctor Carnage. And uh, I, you need to put in the audio of his reaction. Oh my god, how did he get in here? It's so great. It's so great. He, I mean, <laughs> honey, come in here. He's like, oh my god, oh my god. Uh, I mean, he freaks the fuck out in a way that uh, is so uh, hilarious. And and actually, they they show them uh, filming it in the outtakes at the end, and it's like, 
they just said, "Hey, just just making sure that you are screaming and you're you're going off your fucking head." And he does that. <laughs> he, he's not very good, but he's really committed to saying how fucking freaked he is by this. He he really is. And then uh, and then of course you know the, uh, the 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 mom comes in and the two of them start pulling off this scream. <laughs> and man, the scream goes on for like three and a half minutes. It feels, you know, and but it's but it's also like I mean, it's so like over the top and 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 full of that you know kind of wackiness that that the rest of the movie should have been filled with that it's that it's okay like you don't mind listening to this ridiculous scream for as long as it goes on. It's almost like it's like comedy torture, but worth it, you know, and uh, and. and <laughs> and like the whole time they're like they're doing this scream like they're showing like shots of like you know like what what's what's happened to everybody and and the movie's uh, only seventy five minutes long they didn't yeah, need to give us a recap yeah 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 exactly they give us they give us a recap of of all the carnage that happened three minutes previously yeah like Cindy is is uh, still in her superhero costume is like rocking Candy's corpse and. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Rick is is still lobotomized, bumping. Into <laughs> He's the wall. like bumping into the wall. Uh, and then, uh, then it, Cindy starts laughing, like because she's gone insane because of all yep. the uh, awful stuff that's happened. And then they cut to the neighbor's house. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the neighbor's house. Meanwhile, at the neighbor's house, a kid notices in the mail that there's a DVD, <laughs> and he yells something. <laughs> what does he yell? I don't know. I couldn't understand a goddamn thing he said. I went back like three times because I'm like, this is important. This needs to be captured. And I'll say, <laughs> he says something. He goes, he goes, blah, 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 caratoons or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, I understood when he said terror tunes, but it's just like, you know, I'll be damned if I know what the fuck he says before that. I think we can guess that they're trying to set up some sort of uh, sequel five years later. Yeah. Uh, and, but that's it. That's the fucking movie. Then the credits roll. Yep, but we well, we have to say that you know that the kid uh, you know they they pull the 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 I guess for them now classic move of having the eyes bulge you know oh yeah yeah with the, and they they animate his face a little bit and and uh-huh. then he he runs inside and there's a uh, you know Doctor Carnage laugh. <laughs> there's a full eight minutes of credits. That that then occur after this, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and and to the movie's credit, they uh, they do. It's not just words on a fucking screen because uh, in that case, who cares? But uh, there there are a few bloopers during the credits. Uh, I think the most amusing is uh, when the Cindy they, they're trying to get her to spit on. Uh, I think. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember which character she's spitting on, but she she keeps talking. She spits really weakly, and she talks about she spits like such a girl, which is true. Not a very uh, not a very dramatic spit, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And the the director's um, advice to her is like, you know, don't worry about it. Just spit on him. <laughs> I was like, all right, directing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a classy gentleman. Uh, but uh, but really, that's there's a couple more bloopers. Uh, anything of note that you remember? 
from the credits. Oh, I was just I, I you know like I remember as I was watching the uh, the blooper reels, I was saying uh, this the the outtake scenes. It's the first time I ever wished that corpsing meant something different. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's you know, and the, and there is there is one there's one kind of funny note during the written portion of the uh, of the credits where it says uh, it says this film was edited on a Final Cut Pro machine. <laughs> <laughs> the one of those dedicated Final Cut Pro machines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you mean a Mac? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, if I was Apple, I wouldn't want to be associated with this movie. Either. No, I, I wouldn't either. But, I mean, granted, this is, you know, 2002 Final Cut Pro, so maybe maybe the system's gotten a little bit better since then. But <laughs> My understanding is the most recent version of Final Cut Pro isn't better than that. Um, <sighs> but, uh, but, yeah, that's it. That's the end of uh, Terror Tunes. That's it. Boo. Boo. Oh, but they're, you, you know, uh, but they do, they, they do the, um, the, the blooper reel version of that ridiculous scream that the mom and dad characters do. Oh my god, how did he get in here? Oh! 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 Uh, at the end. Oh, right. I thought that, I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. They they show that big scream and they kind of keep going and going and then they just kind of burst and they out just laughing. Kind of, yeah, they just fall into like laughter. I, I thought that was I thought that was really funny. Like, but but um, but that's it. I mean, that's like those are like the, I mean, there's two 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 moments in the entire movie. One of them being an outtake that I that I thought was amusing. Yeah, I think this movie actually puts a real kind of fine point on the idea that when it comes to making uh, an entertaining and quality low budget movie. It isn't production values that are necessarily going to get you there. Uh, this movie has higher production values, I think, than any of the movies that we've watched so far. Uh, yeah. uh, like by a significant amount. In fact, uh, you probably could mistake it for, well, it's certainly, uh, certainly higher than a porno movie type, uh, production values, at least until recent years. But I mean, you could probably almost mistake it for the production values of like a Skinamax style movie. It looks like a movie. Uh, yeah. And and in fact, uh, I, I think that the distribution of this was much wider than a lot of the movies that uh, that we've seen. I know a lot of people who have seen this movie. Um, so well, this one this one was actually suggested to us. Like I like I remember the the night that I posted on Twitter about having just finished recording about Evil Tunes. Uh, you know, like uh, I forget what his name is. I think his name's Jeff uh, <laughs> on Twitter. Um, Big shout out there, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, there you go, Jeff. Uh, I think I believe his I believe his 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 uh, at handle is uh, at PDX Creep. Oh right. Uh, he uh, he suggested well, not suggested, but he he actually suggested to never watch this. And uh, and needless to say, he was right. He was right. Yeah, but I mean, it's our job somehow. It's a dirty job, yeah. but someone's got to do it. It's. It's the worst job you can think of, but we've got to do it. Yeah. By the way, that's uh, your your Twitter handle is at drunk on VHS. Uh, just that's for people correct. people who might be listening that that wouldn't know that. And I'm Doug underscore Tilly. Uh, sorry, I'm just uh, again procrastinating talking about this shitty fucking movie. It really does look like a movie, so it could kind of trick someone into thinking that what they're going to get out of it is uh, something of a bit of a higher quality. But you can make an entertaining low-budget movie with less significantly less production values than this. I mean, Las Vegas Bloodbath certainly proved that. Well, you know what you know what it is though. It, it, when you think about it, what what um, if you put two and two together, the the, the later. 
uh, the later the year of production, like the worse the movie tends to be. You know, you, ever, you notice that yet? Like all I, I, the movies- absolutely, and I think a lot of it yeah. has to do, and maybe you can you can uh, you can correct me on this if you're thinking something differently. Is that uh, a lot of this uh, ability? to uh to make a film in terms of the uh the hardware that's available and the software that's available it's been put into people's to the average person's hand but it yeah, also means I, that they can I can jump. make a, I I can make a full length movie tomorrow if I wanted to like in my in my current possession sure. I have the ability to make a full length movie I mean if you I could take your to. phone and make an, a a movie that at least looks as good as some of those Todd Sheets movies probably a lot better yeah, but you know what though? Like, I would have a lot of respect for somebody who who had the fucking gall to take their phone and make a movie out of it. That's you know that like that 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 takes a lot of. Uh, I think Chen Wu Park did uh, did a uh, a film on an iPhone just a couple years ago. Well, see, there you go. He has balls though, South Korean balls. He does. He has some serious balls. But um, but I mean, you know, like, but my point is, is like, if some schlub like me could, you know, could could have. Aff- just as easily make a movie as, as any of these other guys, you know. The only difference is, is that, you know, I actually know people who could write a decent script. Like yourself. You know, I'm not going to put myself up on that high of a pedestal. <laughs> I could write a mediocre script, which well. is still better than this. But, uh, but, but I, but I, but I have a good, I have a couple of good touch-up guys who I could go to who could probably throw in some good jokes. We're in a very democratic age when it comes to filmmaking because really, like you said, anybody has the ability to do it. You you only need sort of a minor amount of motivation even to be able to start it's, doing it because the, the yeah. ability is already in your hands. You know, they, yeah. they uh, it goes back to what Francis Ford Coppola said. I love that I'm quoting Francis Ford Coppola while we're talking about terror <laughs> too. Uh, back in, I think it was in Hearts of Darkness, a Filmmaker's Apocalypse, where he talks about that uh, in the n- near future, and that was back, I think, in 92, uh, that the, the, the next great movie is going to be made by some little fat girl who, who just has this ability, right? This has the talent, but yeah. the, the, the tools are already available. To me, the great hope is that now these little 8mm video recorders and stuff are coming around. Some just people who normally wouldn't make movies are going to be making them, and you know, suddenly one day some little fat girl in Ohio is going to be the new Mozart, you know, and make a a beautiful film with her little father's camera recorder, and for once the so-called professionalism about movies will be destroyed forever, you know, and it'll really become an art form. That's my opinion. And we're getting closer to that. I mean, we're seeing a lot more filmmakers that are hired from their kind of short demo reel films, uh, like uh, Neil Blomkamp and uh, and the director of the new Evil Dead remake. However, that turns out. Um, but but I mean, people um, are making amazing things on smaller budgets, which means if you want to get noticed, you need to differentiate yourself. You need to be able to provide something that nobody else is providing, and production values are not necessarily going to do it. Exactly. I mean, writing, look, you got as much time as you need. Just sit down and write and polish and rewrite. Oh, man, wouldn't that be great? Rewrite? <laughs> Someone needs to rewrite. I got I to gotta tell you, I've never re- rewritten anything in my life. You know, like, like I'm the type of guy who, like, I'll, I'll sit down, but I, I edit so much, like, while I'm writing. Right. You know, that, that like, the, the idea of going back and rereading that and trying to find a way to say it better or different is just, I don't want to do that. 
it is. You know. Sometimes it's better to pass it over to someone else to do some of that rewriting. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, you, you don't want to give away your baby, but this is a collaborative medium. Um, but uh, no, I, I, every 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 bit of good writing I've ever done has been with other people. So I, I don't. I definitely don't have a problem with you know with, with writing with other people or you know handing it off to somebody else to to work on. But you know, just just I know for a fact that I'm way too fucking lazy. You know, like if I like if I spend you know if I spend like a day or a week or a month you know like writing something you know I don't want to see it again. You know? I, and, I, I do think that one of the greatest motivators for something like that is shame, and the shame in this case it comes from someone else reading it and finding, say, a very blatant error or mistake in the work that you passed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not talking about classrooms in this case. I mean, just <laughs> even if just having a friend look it over. I get very, very uh, kind of paranoid about, say, like the spelling and grammatical aspect of it, um, when really I should be paying a lot more attention to the content of what I'm, <laughs> I'm creating. Um, that said, hey, folks, get a little better on that spelling and grammar thing. Come on. That's something that that's that's sort of like a universal truth, though. I mean, that's something that can be said about most people. I, I know very few people who are who are good at both spelling and grammar. Oh, sorry, I was I was stonewalling you just then by not answering at all. Uh, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Hey, you know what? There, I think that there are lots of quality uh, writers out there. We see them all the time. And on Twitter, I mean, we get exposed to this sort of thing a lot. Uh, yeah. and, and I could name probably 30 people. Uh, I, could, I could put together a list of 30 people who'd be able to write something of a lot more interest and a lot more intelligent and a lot more fun than, uh, than Terror Tunes, which is sure. a sad, unfortunate failure because they had the ability to make something better and they just didn't. It was tons of potential. It, it, it was, uh, it, it's not a bad idea. No, and that's the problem. Is and that's and that's probably why the movie hurts so much to watch because it's not a bad idea. It's, it's actually of, a, it's actually a pretty good idea. It's sort of kind of tantamount to the. Uh, le- I know we mentioned the mask earlier, but it's almost like the mask uh, comic where it's a little bit more hardcore and a little bit more adult in terms yeah. of the themes of it. And the idea of sort of uh, taking these sort of cartoon sensibilities and applying them to the real world, especially considering how violent those cartoons, a lot of them are, well, that, that could make for a really interesting, fun movie. Or it could make for a real horrible piece of shit. Which one did we get? Sadly, the latter. I want to kill this movie with my <laughs> with my dick. <laughs> like like every time, every, whenever I finish one of these movies, you know, um, whether I liked it or not, you know, I'll, I'll ask myself, it's like, is this is this the type of movie that I'd be willing to sit through again to show a friend, right. you know, how bad this movie is? This movie is not. I would never sit through this again. Um, I would never recommend it to anybody. I would, I, you know, like I would, like if I, if I had to, like I'd actually even consider going so far as to like edit a little loop, you know, like a little reel of, of all of the best like scenes in this movie, like all three of them. Yeah. Because you get about, you get like a minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah, like long a, reel. yeah, like a minute and a half, or like, you know, maybe three minutes of, of like good footage from this. And, and I'd be willing to show people that. You know, but I, I definitely would never. Well, Mo, if you do do that, yeah. please send it over because I want to check out those nipples that you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much 
done with Terror Tunes. I say pretty much because first I need to write another review for it and I need to grab screenshots. So maybe I'll get a chance to look at those nips. But uh, but aside from that, I'm I'm letting go of this movie. However, I am open to the idea of watching Terror Tunes 2 at some point. Yeah, if it comes down to it and we you know we need something to watch, I I suppose you know I'd, I'd be willing to give it a shot. Hey, if if the listeners demand it, we have to do it. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, the listeners have demanded two movies so far, and we have watched both of them, so... Fucking listeners, what's your problem, man? <laughs> Why don't you... Next time, please recommend uh, Lawrence of Arabia, maybe uh, uh, maybe a, a Powell Pressburger film, something that we can really get our teeth into. Not Terror Tunes too. Maybe some, like, Werner Herzog. What? Yeah, maybe we go watch Aguirre, The Wrath of God. That would be fun to talk about. Uh, yeah. Certainly more fun than this. Though both of those movies have monkeys, that's something. Hey, uh, we could watch we could watch Fitzcarraldo. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> that, that, again, I'd I'd take Kluskinski <laughs> in anything over this, even that's even true. his shitty work. Moving on or off, Terror Tunes. Goodbye, Terror Tunes. We hardly knew ye, um, and we didn't care. Mo, what's coming up next on Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares? Oh well. Coming up next is the extra special episode 10. 10! Anniversary ten. episode. Finally. Finally up to 10. It, it only it took us long enough. Uh, I know. <laughs> jerk. Uh, where we'll, we will be discussing your movie. And what is your movie called? You know, I should. I, I want to make it very clear that I, I refer to it as my movie. I did not direct it. Uh, not, no, I, not, not trying to shift blame. And in fact, when we talk about it, we'll get into the detail. But I will say, I was on set every single day, and I did 99,000 jobs on it. But the movie's called Rock, Paper, Scissors, The Fall of the Original Six. It's a action, comedy, satire, uh, filmed in Canada, with Canadians, and uh, we're gonna get crunk on this bitch. It's serious. That's gonna be yeah. This is our first. That's our first episode of uh, Black History Month. So it's appropriate. Uh, it's completely appropriate. There and, are there uh, are no people e- of color in the movie, though. I should because <laughs> and, uh, and and even more appropriate, uh, we're gonna have our uh, first uh, our first guest. Uh, it's going to be John, uh, the host of the After Movie Diner. I should, and, I, you know, this is this 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 does not matter to the people who are listening. You can cut it out if you want, Mo. But I I, uh, I sent over uh, the copy of the movie using Mega Upload, which just went down today for good. Yeah. <laughs> so John, uh, hopefully, we'll get John a copy of the movie before we actually record it. Yeah, I'm really I'm really glad that I uh, that I asked about it. You know, the other day when I did because. Man, you know, I, I I didn't see this coming, and I'm glad I'm glad I was able to finish downloading it in time. Yeah, because I made sure you guys got high quality versions of the movie because you need to see every little detail, all those little gags I put in the background. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ca- I'm gonna count the pixels in every scene. Uh, what what you really need to do is count how many times my voice <laughs> shows up randomly for some reason. <laughs> Oh man! So yeah, that's next time. Rock paper scissors. The follow of the original six. An extra special anniversary episode of uh, Daily Grindhouse presents No Budget Nightmares. I think it might be the end of the podcast as we know it. 
<laughs> well, you know, not, well, it's 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 funny you should mention that. It, like, I think I think this episode is, is technically going to be the uh, uh, the end of the podcast as we currently know it because uh, starting with the next episode, I'm going to be you know we're going to be recording on a new rig. Uh, you know, I'm going to have new editing tools at my disposal. Uh, the production values are going to kick up like a good two or three notches so it's gonna you know the, the show's the show already sounds good as it is but it's gonna sound a lot better i think every week things are improving a little bit and i'm not saying that with any amount of hubris i think the work that you put in mo is as uh contributed entirely to that so uh you know t- to me we gotta bump this shit up to the next level we and that's to- what's happening that's it mo's got the new rig mo's bringing it Home. He's bringing yep. it. To, he's bringing it. He's bringing it to the old school, and he's twisting it in his hands, and he's fucking shit up. Uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm, really I'm taking. I'm taking this editing shit fucking seriously. So yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna come out awesome. Yeah, you got to break that shit down and let us all know what happens. Um, <laughs> anyway, I think we've we've uh, done our job. Uh, we've been Put this uh, baby to bed. Go to bed, Terror Tunes. Just go to fucking bed. <laughs> All right? You sleep this off, and you, you think There's about no what you did. There's no monster in your fucking closet. Go to bed. Yeah, you think about what you did, and next time we look at Terror Tunes 2, you better be vastly improved. Uh, yeah. You know, if someone wants to uh, leave some feedback about today's show or any other episodes of Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares, where would they do that again, Mo? Oh, well, the best way to do that would be to email us. Ah, at nobudgetnightmares at gmail.com. No budget nightmares, all one word at gmail.com. Yeah, please do that. Uh, we do like feedback, and also you need to give us suggestions on what to watch because after next week, it's a big void. And I'll tell you, I have some ideas. I just, I just want something that isn't going to hurt me to watch. Do you know how hard it was to get Mo to watch this movie? Jesus. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I procrastinated like a bitch on this one. He he acted like a bitch. Did you hear? I what he was. Said? I was a little fucking girl. Yeah, well, uh, we just like Jay Z, we should stop using the B word on the show. <laughs> we run a clean ship around here. Uh, no, we don't. <laughs> not on my watch, Mister. Uh, anyway, let's not say in my backyard. Let's say good night to the people out there, Mo. Good night. Good night. Hey, folks, it's Mo Porn, the Night Terror, bringing you a track from his own band. That would be my band, the Defcon Five. This is a little song we call Elton John. Grab yourself a tool and enjoy. <laughs>